about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Timbuktu. <laughs> Ryan. Hey, good morning. Hello. Good morning. And good morning or good afternoon or good evening or good middle of the night to you listening now, whatever it may be. God, I hope somebody out there is, it's like three in the morning and they turn this on. <laughs> As they listen to episode 38 of Dismembering Horror. Wow. The podcast shoe where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Aslan. Well, we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy about a hero horror film. Mm. Yeah. And this is this is, you know, just just what we thought about it. This is this is supposed to spur your own opinion. We we aim to be no authority on these things. Life we, is subjective. Yeah. Life is subjective. And including what else is subjective <laughs> is for you and me, it's fun to keep that dream alive of just have an excuse to watch a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, you know, talk about it. And uh, and if you don't have someone to immediately talk to, hey, we're here for you. You've got us. Yeah. Come on in. Join us for Satan Slaves. The, the well water is really warm. And we hope you uh, watch the film as well, so you can especially join in the fun accordingly, as we just said. Mm. But hey, if if not, and you still enjoy it, then... Don't worry about it, because we're going to give you just the most concrete... Summary. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, we haven't talked about our our aim of the summary for a while. You the know? aim of the summary is to just sort of, you know, give you, the listener, a sense of what we took away from our viewing of the movie. It's not necessarily like a strict plot by plot exactly. summary. Well, and that can get especially fun, I think, when it's like... Just, you know, one of those movies where like, wait, what happened? What was that exactly? <laughs> yeah. You know, which is a, um, a unique appeal to the horror film. Yep. In a lot of ways. Great. So what's next? I don't know. Do you want to? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we got some stuff actually I did want to I did want to check up on. Okay, cool. And I also hope that, you know, if you're listening to this, even if it's, um, well, not I, I hope if you're listening to this not for the first time. No, I don't hope anything. I commend you because you're like me. I like to listen from start to finish on things. And for people like that, I like to give a sense of continuity, Tim. You know how like you we, mean like first episode to last episode? Yeah. Like yeah, how yeah. we refer to other sure. movies we've watched and stuff. And um, what I'm getting at is a few episodes ago, we reviewed Paranormal Activity 3. That's right. And I gave my overview on... All of the, all yep. the paranormal activities uh -oh, I'd watched this far. Did you watch far. more? Yes. <laughs> I finally finished the paranormal activity series, Tim, and had to report back to you wow. and our listeners. Well. So I watched... Uh, so next up after Paranormal Activity 4 was Paranormal Activity The Marked Ones. Yep. Now, I can say after 4, the films take a sharp, sharp <laughs> decline. Uh-oh. <laughs> so... It was kind of cool, the marked ones, how it um, it switched up the setting. We had, you know, like the Latino family, and it just felt like basically you're in L.A. kind of. <laughs> you know, it was neat as a setting. But, the oh, and you know how I said before, like how the sort of the Jason kill of the franchise, the thing that we look forward to is when night it comes one. into, yeah, night one, night two, and then stuff goes down. It didn't do that. It dropped that. It mixed Bummer, up the formula. Dude. Which, you know, I was kind of like, okay, it's a spin-off one, you know, why not try is something different? Is it still sort of hanging on to the found footage 
Yeah, so it's all found footage. But it's just like this one kind of sadly because it was, you know, the first sort of non-white family, if you don't count the Tokyo one, which Mm -hmm. I do recommend, these characters were just so dumb. They were like all the same person Mm -hmm. where they were just the kind of people who were like, oh man, oh, it's like as extreme and as crazy as as stuff gets, they act like a bunch of jokers. Maybe maybe written by... (laughs) A non yeah Hispanic person yeah pretty sure um and just I mean aside from that I don't know Tim it was lame I I'll admit like when it got to be like an hour through and I'm like okay this has got to be ending soon it was still like 40 minutes left I'm like oh, <laughs> it's a bad feeling I started skipping ahead a bit and watching it oh, fast nice. forward which I never do Tim <laughs> usually I'm such a completionist because I want to give things their due but something yeah. about not in my old age, but in my older age, yeah. I just have less patience for things. No, well, um, we time is you know taken away, right? But uh, <laughs> but the fun part about like what I think what brings me like what why I do want to watch them why it was the completionist still is like I want to see their take on it, what their story is, sure. how they connect it to the originals. So this is kind of like a spinoff one where it was a in the apartment building a witch one of the other people in like the witch sect cult was like one oh. of the neighbors so like she had some of their their paraphernalia mm-hmm. and kind of was like oh yeah that was, was so annoying the kids they kept like after this woman was like even if she wasn't a witch they just kept harassing her like oh go up and knock on her door mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, god like um Ugh. and then it ended yeah complete <laughs> we 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 talk liberally we don't we don't consider we consider everything a spoiler in the show too right. just so you know so the movie ended ended with uh it connected to the original by like oh it was kind of neat they went to the house from i think it was the end of yeah the end of the third one when they go and stay with the grandma oh okay it is that unique they go there and it's yeah. like all all um it's like covered Witchy. in leaves now and stuff but there's still people there and then he runs away goes through a special door that leads him back in time to the what? event of the first one oh, no. when she kills <laughs> the husband that started this whole thing and uh, we witnessed that. It's and, always the fifth one when they had, they introduce time travel, <laughs> right? And then uh, the next one, uh, the ghost dimension, which they promised. Like I read a little th- blurb from Jason Blum was like, finally, all your questions will be answered. Who is this? What is this? What does uh, what Toby look like? All this stuff, you okay. know. It's like okay, great. So, but the conceit, I have to say, like if you're doing a. Sixth one, seventh one, if you count Tokyo. Right. Uh, it was kind of neat. It was that this was back to like a, a upper middle class white family who's on a house that was built on the grounds of the house that had burned down from their childhood. Okay. And somehow through that connection, they have the box of tapes from the 80s from oh. Paranormal Activity 3, which we reviewed and liked, and a custom video camera that allows you to see the ghost dimension is what we gather. Oh, boy. So it's like <laughs> throughout it. Um, so the, what was kind of neat about that is you had the moments where they're watching the old videotapes of the little girls, and it would like they'd interact with them in the present like whoa yeah like as if they sort of watch someone go by or say something in a sort of way where they're alluding to like uh details within the house that was kind of neat um 
but again, it was just really terrible. I don't know what to <laughs> say so much about that. Oh yeah, I mean, it was just as far as like we'd see like rather than things just moving on their own. So instead, we see this uh, this black gloopy like. <clears throat> spirit blob thing that makes noises like every time it comes on the screen you know totally obvious it's like then they pause it and see a demon face and they're like whoa what is that and they're still like pursuing things and getting into it like i don't know man it's like and then oh and this one was so frustrating if i said before it's annoying how it's like they don't just do what they're supposed to do they don't just remember they're they're told again by a priest remember you want them mm-hmm. to bring in the priest they do that again or an expert yep. he tells them well demons feed off your fear and attention so don't do that and then what do they do right after that give it its fear and attention <laughs> so were all of your answers questioned <laughs> all of my answers questioned <laughs> um yes all the answers were questioned by me great um we see her like literally go through <laughs> the like the the wall rips open and she like walks through this thing oh man it was so lame (laughs) anyway i i wish i'm glad you put the effort in though yeah do you know i I don't have to right i wish our (laughs) listeners could ask me just if they wanted to hear one one thing about it that i've watched it can you represent that tim any one thing you can ask that you want to know to just to make it worth it that I watch these films. Uh, God. Um, oh my God. Is there anything worth asking? Um, well, what are you shit. curious about? I don't know. The is the wait. So is the coven of witches? Are they witches or are they oh, just yeah. Satan worshippers? Or so, like, what's the connection? Because that's always a little vague. They seem to kind me. of both, but yes. What what happens is we see from the videotapes that after the parents are out of the picture, they're dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. The kids are continued to be raised by like this ponytail dude who's friends with the grandmother. So it's like they're <laughs> never, never trust a dude with the ponytail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like their upbringing. Which then you wonder, okay, well, they never mentioned this guy before, whatever. But anyways, so it was like they were used deliberately um, by this sect or cult or whatever, you know. But uh, like it's never it, really raised defined way. what the cult is or what coven did they say or... that I don't know. Just some... that's the thing that it, it feels a little bit to me like as we, even just in the one that we watched. There's a little bit of that sort of double mumbo jumbo type stuff where yeah. it's like you're kind of mixing, uh, mixing. I don't know what you, what do you even call. I'm that? trying to remember what their main big goal was or whatever. It's but like, I think it's, it's whatever ghosts, we've learned. But it's before. also demons. But it's also witches. Or but it's a coven. And right. It's a little jumbled. I don't know, but it was kind of. I guess the ending was kind of cool. It would have been way scary again, kind of like what we mentioned before, just take the creepy sound effects out of it. Mm. And Oh the, yeah, what was the film what was the the filming conceit of these two? <laughs> the first one the first of the two, the marked ones, was that these 
dudes just graduated from high school and like bought a camera at a pawn shop after already using a camera from something else. I don't know what happened from that camera. And then they also have a, um, a, actually it was kind of fun. They have a GoPro that they use. Okay. The best part of the movie was they, they sit on like a box or something and attach a GoPro to it and then slide down some concrete stairs. Jackass style. Wow. That was good. <laughs> Um, and then the, the next one, the, the ghost activity, what, no, dimension. ghost dimension, <laughs> um, was just that it was, oh, it was Christmas and they had a daughter. Okay. So it was another one with a kid too. So it was just like, they had the video camera up and going for that. And then once he finds the old video camera, he's fascinated right, by it and using right. it. And then they're like, oh, we better document this. Wow. The ending wow. of Ghost Dimension, though, Tim, Mm-mm. we do see it was actually kind of cool because we saw without seeing Toby, which which is like the the demon presence that is that they're talking to the whole movie. And it does kind of look like the PlayStation avatar from the fourth one where we just see these like <laughs> okay. pair of white human legs that are just all Ew. kind of veiny. Ugh. And then that's kind of all we see of them. No, thanks. Toby. So uh, today's <laughs> film, Satan's Slaves. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Hey, uh, look, I mean, to be honest, we're staying in this lane. Yeah. Devil. Yeah. Worshippers. Yeah. yeah. We got a little uh, hillbilly sidetrack, but with last week's wrong turn. <laughs> yeah. But still. All right. Well, well, you, you can never get it too much. Satan, I think. <laughs> but we can't have too much paranormal activity, so... <laughs> That's true. Get on with it with Satan's Slaves. Here's the trailer. Cool. Kalau memang itu ibu, kita bilang sama dia supaya nggak ganggu kita lagi. talking enough today already you got to give us the summary (laughs) okay all right satan's slaves is the tale of a oh shit where are we indonesia okay it's the tale of an indonesian family who has sunk pretty much all of their money into care for their um diseased mother Un, uh, undefined sick mother and uh, god damn it <laughs> let's see so they <laughs> what is the story the story is the mother dies and they start getting their asses haunted by her 
question mark? Um, <laughs> but then we find out that there's something else going on. There's some deeper shit going on uh, that it potentially that mother um, who was infertile. Uh, and this is according to her husband's mother who lives with them as well. Um, that she made a deal with a satanic cult of people um, so that she could have a child. Um, but the deal is that the uh, the cult will get the 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 child oh shit the child that when it hits seven years old the 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 last child born whatever that who whichever one that is when it hits the age of seven the cult gets it so the mom keeps having kids every six years so that they can't get them but then she gets sick so she can't have another kid so when she dies the cult's like yo your last kid who's six years old and about to turn seven we're gonna come get it yeah the which, end uh <laughs> isn't apparent from the beginning that is not the, at all that is the that's the what is actually happening right and when as you described it you're right super similar to paranormal activity movies well i mean like we i think we said during when we were doing that one this must because it's in like every every movie that we can kind of rail off, you know, off the top of our heads of this general theme. It's all this thing of like you you make a deal with Satan or the Satan cult and your kid gets taken. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously there's some kind of slight twisty turny as to like when they discover things in this one. They think it's one thing, but it turns out right. to be kind of another thing. But, but like, whatever. as far as, yeah, what this movie actually looked like and felt like, what was happening, though, it was, well, it was in the 70s. 81. 81. Okay. So, yeah. It's, was it? It's got an, it's got, yeah, it's, it's got very much that 70s aesthetic. Though. Right, right. Um, and then what was, but what did it look like, Tim? What was happening? How did. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a haunted house movie. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean. Uh, it's got it's got other elements for mm-hmm. sure I um hmm. it was sort of just like this this mother who had died just kind of keeps popping up in ghost form with her bell they keep hearing a bell mm-hmm. and then there's creepy cemetery stuff yeah meanwhile they're sort of going off to someone who knew the mother and yep. sort of getting some info they get a little expert ish Info. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm trying not to just review it. Yeah. And it feels kind of also, <laughs> I'd say, uh, has a tinge of poltergeist as sort of, as far as a sort of family all in it together. Yes. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. That's sort of unique to the flavoring of it. Yeah. Um, well, 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 how would we, if there's nothing else, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that's really important to the story they're oh they're struggling they're yeah yeah having to sell the house anyways definitely there's a financial struggle and there is this sort of like religious overtone of like um they've they've kind of as a family given up on god Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of important yeah definitely Um, trickled throughout that element yeah um, but yeah, that's it, I think. So then how would you 
and I rate this film? Well, unfortunately for me, I was a little jet lagged. And I think, I don't think it actually affected what I think of the movie, but it was hard for me to, to like focus. Mm -hmm. But also that's part of, that's a result of, I think the nature of how this movie is, was made and what you're getting out of it. Um, so I am borderline and avoid, but I, I think that there's stuff that's worthwhile. Yeah. So I'm a stream. It's on Shutter. <laughs> yeah. You know? It was um it was one of those films that seemed as hyped up way more than uh Agreed. Well then worth it. Or <laughs> Yeah. But I, I agree with stream it. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely For moments. Me, this was like when only sort of after looking at what I have in my notes here where it's like I definitely wasn't crazy about it and it was just kind of a eh, stream it. Um there was enough it was similar to how kind of when we reviewed Insidious 4 hmm. where I'm like look at all these things that I put down in what worked for me yet sort of what uh, did not work for me can be encapsulated in a few points right so this sort of for me was like a I guess my summary or my review in summary <laughs> would be it was like felt like one of the Conjuring Insidious movies which Tim and I are not fans of but but at least for you know a westerner had a different interesting setting and had way more heart than those movies i think oh sure but it definitely had the sort of just like in the end felt it just sort of a yeah all the problems of those movies at the same mm -hmm. time yeah um, i agree with that but to uh, accentuate the positive should we get into what worked yeah it worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> I have mine like listed in um, the generalities into specifics. Okay. What do you want to? Let's start with general. Let's get. Liked all the actors. They were great. I thought hey, they were you know fun. what? I totally agree with you. Yeah. I never thought to myself, like, something I often think, especially in that insidious type world of just, like, I'm rolling my eyes because I'm <laughs> right. like, God, you're just acting insane lines. And I wonder if, bleh. like, just by not knowing the language, the dialogue wasn't, what if it was oh. actually as egregious as those films? Yeah, hard. <laughs> that's an interesting thought. It's hard to know. But, um, like, yeah, I, I remember thinking quite a number of times the lead uh, sister, Rini, was – I was just like, you're really good. Like, yeah. you're really compelling, and I believe you um, as, a as like, a human. The kids, too, as far as kid yeah. actors? Yeah. I think at first I was worried that uh, Bondi was – Bondi's uh, the 10-year-old. Yeah. Ian's the 6-year-old. That he, I, it, my first thought, I think, was just based on his look, mm -hmm. was he was going to be kind of an annoying kid actor. Yeah. Um, but no, he's he's good. He he's. It's not that he's that kid actor thing. It's just he's a ten year old. <laughs> yeah. And he's good at it. I really bought them uh, as a family by the end of it too. Yeah, you know, I liked it. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. That that's probably the the the, the only glue that's holding this movie together in right. a way. Uh, yeah. So it you know that that ensemble feel and that sort of you know cohesiveness to them is good. It, that was one of the things that kept me going yeah. and made me just want to keep watching it, which I can't say the same about the last two Paranormal Activity films. <laughs> Which, yeah, actually, I, I cheated, too, with uh, Ghost Dimension. When it got to be about, like, 40 minutes an hour through, I switched it to 1.25 speed. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Which I hate, in theory, doing. I'm like, well, then how could you ever like it? I'm like, well, I already hated it. I think, you're, I think that it. you have been possessed by... Um, paranormal activity oh after my night terror that i mentioned yep and now you can't stop thinking and talking about it no actually i really didn't want to watch this last one last (laughs) night but i'm like if you're going to do it which you are just get it done i'm like look all these other movies on my list i want to watch (laughs) no i don't want this hanging over me let's be done with the paranormal activities i thought the house in Satan slaves was a really neat setting. Yeah, the setting all around to me, and the and the kind of look and coloring and cinematicness yeah. of it, I was really into. It's like in the jungle, they're by a cemetery. The house has character. Oh like, yeah, and it was a real house they found, yeah. and they do a good job of cutting, you know, two just shots of the house in between scenes in a way that just makes you go, "Oh right, this is where I am." I mm-hmm. think sometimes you lose that. Uh, with certain films, like they forget to maintain a sense of establishment of where you are and what's the the tonality of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And doing that with this isolated house kind of in, you know, up on the side of a hill, it, 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 it like recenters you of like, right. Yeah. Here we are. Just another Fuck. good example of house as character. Mm-hmm. And it. It's interesting. I like too. the architecture. The internal architecture of that house is really cool. Yeah, and and it's serving the movie. In what way? Well, there's that weird center of the house stairwell, mm-hmm. which is actually its own room in a way. You can be in that stairwell area, and the at one point the doors there are two doors to that stairwell. Um, and both of them will close and everybody's trapped in there. And it's its own kind of like, it's like, a, I think the architecture is that that's the, the actual center of the house. Yeah. It's like a, a, what would you call that? Like a cylinder in the middle of the house. Mm-hmm. And then there are rooms kind of cir- circling that. Um, and there's just something, I don't know, there's something cool and eerie about it. Yeah. It may well, just be that we're not used to that architecture. That was cool and eerie about it overall not just that the architecture but the emotional impression it had was like it you could feel the sort of nostalgia and good times of the better times there Mm. you could feel how it was sort of an important place for the family and came through but you also felt that you know it wasn't being upkeeped as well as they probably would have liked yeah yeah and i don't know it was just an interesting um middle ground of sort of um, serving a lot of functions just sort of in its in itself how it felt yeah well and that yeah the the art design of having everything really lived in and really like just on the other side of neglected <laughs> right is is nice and like, I, it's I'm curious dirty. what was art design what was just the house <laughs> yeah yeah exactly who knows um we already kind of talked about just 
the setting was neat, you know, just that it was Indonesia 1981. Mm-hmm. It's different for me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um... So, you know, with limit, I mean, all the classic things of setting a film then, no cell phones, no technology, right. da-da-da. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Broad things. Broad the, the, big uh, things. The bell device. Yes, that's on my list for sure. Um, which was so the mother who's passing away. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I had really quite seen that before. I feel like maybe there's one '70s movie I'm overlooking that had something similar. But as far as like having someone in their life who's calling for help with a bell as they're sick. And then that translating to their ghost self or whatever. Yeah. Oh, did was that the bell ring? <laughs> Which is so um, easy in a good way, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun device, and you can do a lot with it. And they they do a fair amount of good stuff. Yeah. Well, like that was one of the main. Um, yeah, like like used well with the where he's listening to music and hears mm-hmm. it and thinks it's maybe part of the music, but it isn't. Right. Uh, all the ghost makeup at the end or whatever you want to call them, the, the risen from the dead, like, okay, you're making, I'm making a face. So I'll put it as a, (laughs) I don't want to slip into what didn't work, but it was, none of this was scary. This was the kind of film where it's the same way I enjoyed the key demon design of Insidious 4. It was fun and cool. Okay. Just as like. In a sort of fun house, scare house kind mm-hmm. of way. Here are the ghosts. Oh, look at them. They're like super pale and, you know, quote <laughs> yeah. unquote, scary yep, looking yep. in that kind of fun way. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? I, I think, you know, this is sort of a, a passive compliment in that I didn't feel like I was noticing the film making in this, which I think is a good thing. Um, insofar as like they were, the filmmakers were able to kind of set a, you know, set a world up and just let you be in it without being like, Hey, look at how, what good filmmakers we are, like what cool stuff we can do. Well, so there's a nice, I think it was just really well balanced of like, we're watching this story. We're not um, trying to do cool, crazy shit. Well, to um, now transition to more specific things, since that's a good segue, there were two moments that I thought were, I don't want to say I noticed the filmmaking, but they did something just shot wise that mm. I thought was effective. Um, the first one was somewhere in the middle there. It was like, they went from one canted angle and like rotated just rotated across to another canted perspective okay. in camera in shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm oh, trying I can't to really think when was. I, it was in the living room. I think it was maybe daytime. I forget the exact moment, but that was interesting. And then, um, this was my, uh, this was like one of my favorite, I think this might be my favorite part of the movie, Tim, but it was like so subtle and at the beginning, but really effective. This is where I thought it could have been going in a direction where it was a much, much better film mm-hmm. because of just this moment. But it was, I think the first time they go up to the mother's room and she's looking up towards the ceiling in fear yeah. and like the camera just sort of 
tilts up, you know, and shows the area of the ceiling. And then just, we sort of cut back to it. Yeah. There's something super effective and eerie. I thought of just like showing an empty space and giving that attention. Well, yeah. And they, my thought was, I don't know where to look. And Mm -hmm. I think that's actually good. Like that is an effective tool, especially early on where you go, you just give a, a, a sort of a, palette of a thing and there was a lot to look at right well, like it was a there specific was... area it wasn't like a whole room but it was... yes but in that shot there's the window there's like sort of the what would you call that the well, sort the of like... outcropping of the wall yeah. and then there's the ceiling and there's sort of the corner of the ceiling and i like scanned the whole thing a few times trying to be like what am i gonna see but right. that leaving it without actually telling you what you are going to see or what you should see is is creating this sense of like uncertainty which right. is a good pump priming type thing i think early on so i really like that shot cuz it's like yeah it's not like oh and then a thing like flitted through the shot you know what i mean or right. like which something which is so moved. the opposite of the rest of the movie talking about <laughs> subtle versus not yes, subtle exactly <laughs> Uh, maybe you were saying the same thing about the moment, but it wasn't so much that I was scanning for something that wasn't there. I instantly went, oh, there's, I guess my scan happened instantly. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, I'm looking at something I can't see, which Mm -hmm. sounds Mm -hmm. weird. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The effect of Mm -hmm. the, the, the mother looking into space is telling us she's seen something and we can't see it. And then and that's the, an effective tool the too. The daughter looking up. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm sure we've seen plenty sure. and it's kind of like a go-to, but, uh, no, but well done a, and yeah. well placed. Yeah, I agree. Um, Those were the two sort of standout shots for me. There's yeah. one other crawly shot through the hallway and I think it's just, it just looks good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they do it a couple times actually, but, but, you know, whenever you've got a slightly wider lens and you're in a hallway and it gives it this sort of almost distorted creepiness it's always reminds me of sort of the hitchcock thing or the poltergeist thing you know Uh it's not it's not doing the push pull it was Um, just a sort of close to ground what was it yep yeah yeah exactly it's just you're crawling fairly low and you're moving slowly through that hallway and the hallway's got this sort of green tint to it and the way light is coming through the door at the end of the hall you know there it just was a pretty well executed shot and they did it a couple times and i like it Mm -hmm. um this was i guess maybe somewhere between a a generality and a specific but uh i think i had under generality but it was just the um the the, like learning about the lore was fun and interesting and granted it happened pretty late in the film but when it did finally happen it made me perk up a bit like I think that was a really, and and I guess a, a specific thing about it was the the lore was that it wasn't that it was like, it made a point that these weren't ghosts coming back or anything that sort of had any resemblance to the original person, but that they were more just sort of an other entity or thing taking the form or body of a oh, person. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like these were the Satan slaves, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Or was it the actual people who were the Satan slaves? Well, mm, that's an interesting thought. There's, there's, yes, there's a couple things of, but you know, there are a couple questions that, that 
are created. But I wasn't think. it fun learning about but it? But I like, aspect? yeah, I like the information getting doled out. And I, you know, I wonder if it would have helped the movie if it, if some of the, if the trickle of information had been a little more consistent earlier. I don't know. You can get into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you're starting to get it and you're getting these like, oh, it's this. I Yeah, the movie kind of takes off. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's sort of like why I watched those other paranormal activity films and yeah. what I enjoyed about the Insidious Yeah, movie. connecting the dots is fun. Well, it was just learning what the story is. Right. Yeah. Have, actually having a story. <laughs> yeah. It's so, the yarn of it. Right. Um, I liked that the little boy... I mean, sort of what you said, you know, maybe maybe sound more forward, but it was sort of a, a twist learning that it was the little boy who was the main Satan slave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, he, he took the side of the baddies by the right. end. And I don't didn't quite follow how that shift occurred, but I thought I liked it that he was um, when the boy turned all weird and creepy at the end. <laughs> yeah. And just that as a twist, like I liked him and you know, he's funny. He was picking his nose and stuff and had a funny, uh, <laughs> right. rapport with the rest of the family. Yep. And, um, I bought him as the rest of the family. So it was just, it worked for me as a twist that he was, uh, part of the plot and given away. Yeah. Um, how about, I know one of your favorite parts, Tim. Do you want to get, <laughs> I was going to say, you want to get into some specifics? Yeah. I mean, obviously, what's the guy's name? Hendra? Yeah, Hendra. The motor, say it with me, the motor motorcycle kill crash. is so good. It's oh, you so, said kill, I said it's crash. It's so good. It's so good. It had like... The, Why isn't that... I want the whole movie to be that. It had like those three extra sort of shots <laughs> or beats yes. just to make it that much more... Uh, what would you say? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say it because it's horrific, but yeah. Uh, well, awesome in the uh, technical definition of it. <laughs> well, it had multiple times where we'd go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sort of worked in succession that way. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. In, in that moment is so fucking solid to me. But the movie has like five or six pretty solid like beat moments yeah um what is the the uh shit now i'm forgetting what they are <laughs> well well how about just anything else about the crash because we'll just keep getting into the more cr- specifics well the crash yes everything about it is good you kind of see it coming you know something's gonna happen but fuck dude what were the beats again it was Oh, uh, shit. How does it start? He gets stuck underneath it and dragged a bit under the wheel. Well, yeah. That was the sort of extra gruesome beat, right? Yeah, but what causes him he to looks away. veer off? There, uh, yeah, like he looks at something, and now I don't remember what it but was. But as far as just the sort of once he, he looks away hit. and he's veered essentially across the lane yeah. into oncoming traffic and a truck hits him and catches him under he just goes flopping underneath yeah but then he gets caught underneath yep and his <laughs> there's a shot of him being dragged underneath but his face is on the pavement like he's sort of face down yeah and it is ripping pavement is ripping his face like apart <laughs> and then he dislodges 
and the back wheel runs over his head and we just get a splash of blood onto the camera. Great. That's all. It is pretty. Tim, that's all. I just wanted to relive it a bit. (laughs) That's all I wanted. Move on. Yep. Um, I guess what I'm saying is there's there's a handful of moments that I sort of was like, oh, or like, ah, but they only live. The excitement of them only lived in sort of isolated in the moment. It didn't carry through for me. Yeah. Like, um, I think one of those moments, maybe that was more of a, a sort of what this movie encapsulates moments, a sort of in-your-face mm-hmm. scary stuff yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, um, and it, but this was the one I mentioned in, in this section, things that worked, because this was like a Conjuring-esque moment, but one that I could actually sort of get on board with the fun with, was when she was using her... Um, I looked it up. It's like, it was called practicing Sala in her Mukina, oh, right. yes. which is a kind of prayer thing. Yes. You know, trying to make up for not praying enough, I guess. And um, the ghost figure appears and is sort of underneath the sheet with her and she can't really get out of it. Yeah. Um, That was like, that was the stupid kind of fun that I did enjoy. That's exactly it. So in isolation, that moment is fun and exciting and like, you know, Mm -hmm. it makes me sort of smile and go, oh, shit. So, yes, I'm commending those singular moments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another a moment I liked or um, device I liked. It's really fun. So if you have this, uh, a woman who's an ex-pop star who has these hit records, it was oh, really cool. Yes. And it takes place in 1981. Yeah, have it. So she discovers, the daughter discovers... Um, underneath the label of the record, there's a secret groove that when played backwards is whatever. It it was ancient chanting. Yeah. Right. As the subtitle said, ancient chanting. Um, I love, I see that's the type of stuff that I really fucking love. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want this movie to be more kind of about and like looking into that. And I think it's just because it's, it's my taste of like, I love the mystery. I love the like trying to solve it, the connecting of the dots, the like the like I said, the sort of I prefer a, a, a trickle of information that has, you know, it has some misdirects and it sort of winds you around. It's just sort of that standard mystery yeah. construct. I love that shit. And so when you put, you know, Satan lore or devil worship lore on top of that, I'm really excited. It just, you know. With no oh shit, I don't, so I like that stuff, and I want more of that. And so this idea of like, there's this hidden thing. Like mm-hmm. anytime there's a hidden thing, and you find it, it's like, oh fuck yes, yeah, I love that. That was more uh, potent possibilities of the pre- what did I say? <laughs> oh god, I, I don't remember the promise of pursuing the pers- potent yes. possibilities. There you go. Which AK, that's my version <laughs> of the promise of the premise. Things that you can yeah. uniquely do. To this film. And speaking of P words, I liked the priest guilting them for not praying. So that, yes, I love that kind of construct of like, it's this general sort of shame thing. Yeah, the priest was like, essentially, it was like, maybe you guys should have, if you had been praying more, none of this would have happened. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just so. (laughs) And the whole idea of like, if, if you were better people, Maybe bad shit wouldn't happen to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Thanks. Um, he gets his comeuppance, though, right? Yeah. 
Um, what happens to him? Well, his son gets fucking exploded, so that's one. Right. I think then he gets uh he gets grabbed by the um he gets grabbed by some ghosties, the undead sort of folks. And more p words. I mentioned how it was like oh us what uh, yes uh not what you're I think. no probably not but I you made me remember one okay <laughs> because I was gonna say uh, again making making the comparison to Poltergeist they did have fun by the ending which was why I used that comparison of just the whole family kind of like they're in the know of the situation no one's in denial and they're all having to work together and you also kind of had those nice moments of um like the 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 older kid uh what are their names about Bondi. When Ian's getting like sucked away, poltergeist style, like by the wind force. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Bondi's like, you know, um, what does he say to him? I think that's actually before that moment when Bondi's like, I love you, brother. Or one of them tells the other one, like, I love you. And it's sort of taking the direct advice from the priest of mm, like, mm-hmm. it's your love for each other that right. will help you get through this. So to see advice acknowledged and. Uh, you know, taken and then executed, which yeah. is normally after maybe coming off this paranormal activities movies too, which they never do. It was satisfying. Yeah. So you made me think of, there's sort of a sequence that I really like of the key. Cause just little kids are eerie and middle of the night is eerie and kids when they wake up in the middle of the night is eerie. And there's that whole sequence of, of uh, Ian waking up and being like, I have to go to the bathroom and Bondi's like, fucking deal with it. I'm not going with you. And then Ian goes to the bathroom, which we we don't. I, I mean, I don't know that this is the thing, but the Ian just peeing in the middle of the room with the well. Right. And well, the way Bondi joined him, it made it seem like so oh, that, this is just the pee that, room. That's the pee room. Yeah. Um, I mean, and also just that room is fucking super creepy. Mm-hmm. Like it's wells are well creepy room, yeah. as fuck. Anyway, so. Them being in there and then going back into the hallway and seeing the picture on the wall of their mom and that whole thing of taking the sheet and trying to throw it over the picture, which in and of itself doesn't make sense. Like there's no chance you would be able to accomplish that, but whatever, it's a kid. He doesn't know any better. So he throws it and then the sheet lands on a figure that I love shit like that. Yeah. Like that moment is so good. And I also like this little thing that they do where when 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 he throws it and the figure is there, Ian has closed his eyes this whole time. Mm-hmm. And Bondi sees it and the and the figure kind of runs at them and he, Bondi screams and then Ian screams and they both end up like huddled crying. And the sister comes running in and and says like what happened and Ian is like I don't know. I had my eyes closed. And there's something very weird and just cool, I think, about that sort of non-confirmation. It's like maybe it was all just in Bondi's head. So there's this know, like but trickiness the, But the to style it. of this film, I don't think there was any question that this was in his head. I really took the moment as clearly this one kid saw it because his eyes were open and clearly the other one didn't because he's yes. uh, tr- lying or didn't see it. No, I, yes, I agree. I think what it does is it creates a little bit, and it, I mean, when we figure out later that Ian is kind of, is Satan spawn mm-hmm. kind of thing, there's sort of, it's, it's just like a little preemptive character thing of he's not on our side. I mean, almost. And I, 
you know, I don't know. If, yeah, it felt like he was trying to protect the anonymity of the ghostly Yes, presence. and I think that's a nice little detail. Um, but anyway, so that whole sequence is fun, I thought. Speaking of the family all working together at the end, I liked how that included the spirit of the grandmother holding the door. I very much like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I liked the how they acknowledged how the siblings looked different, which was something I thought of. Yep. And that was kind of fun within story. It's like, that's why we all look different. We have different fathers. Did you ever oh. think that well, maybe we all look different because we have different dads? Yeah. Oh, no, but that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> and then... Um, just some more maybe sort of cultural specif- specificities. The scene of um, all the all the priesty older folk chanting after the mm-hmm. funeral was it singing saying there is no god but Allah mm-hmm. and you know in their language that was just a, a neat thing to capture on film. I thought you know yeah and I like I like the the funerals had a good eeriness to them. I mean funerals in general and that and that little lore thing of uh when you walk 40 steps the four after the 40th step the the dead the dead rise or something like that it's just a f- i like little weird lore like myths that that people yeah kind of buy into and actually that was an example of maybe this will be a good transition but um that was fun and happened toward the beginning and maybe it was sort of a tease for more that didn't end up happening as far as more sort of lorry bits yeah. to grasp onto. Yeah. Instead of just, well, can we get into what didn't work? Yeah, All for right. sure. What did not work? Oh, shit. I have one more. What? Tim, oh, after my... I know. I'm so sorry. Well, the... no, 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 no. Speak now forever. Hold your piece. You're right. The one really... the I really like the poltergeist moment of the, the older brother in the radio. Um, when he goes into the room... He hears the bell. He goes in the room, and the bell is just in midair and drops to the floor. That kind of poltergeist stuff is really pleasing to me. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Great. That was a cool oh. moment. All right. Say it with me now, Tim. Okay. Since I already said okay. it. Okay. What, what did, did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. <laughs> um so to continue the kind of the thought i was having where it's mm-hmm. like oh that would have been nice if that little bit of lore had kept up after that moment but instead what we got was just utter re- repetitiveness thing yes repetition and yes and that that weird that is super odd to me there's a bunch of examples of this even the first time it's like really apparent, I think, is when the when the daughter uh, wakes up, sh- she hears the bell, she goes into her mom's room, her mom's still alive, and there's a figure with like a, what do you call that? Like The veil. The veil. And she goes and touches her shoulder and then the bell rings and, and her, her actual mom is still in the bed and it's like, oh, and then yeah. she wakes up and does the exact same thing again. Mm-hmm. And we go through all the paces of that same moment, <laughs> but now the mom is standing there without the veil and she's not in the bed and then she's dead. And then at least what it feels like is just that essentially happens eight more times where it's just this, right. this is a movie about going up into the mother's room about hearing a bell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and exactly. So then the, the radio 
one, they they do the same thing where he does it twice, right? Like he hears, the, he turns the radio on, he hears the bell, he turns the radio off, he hears the bell, he goes into the room, he sees the bell, the bell falls, and then he goes back to it. He's like, ah, goes back to his room, turns his radio back on, hears the bell, turns the radio off, hears the bell, and then the mom's in his room with him, and it's like, ah, right. and it's just this. It's I don't I don't know like. It's, I guess, trying to kind of pad out the the suspense and the eeriness. Well, I think it was just, that's where it feels like the worst of sort of those those conjuring type movies. Yeah, is where they give a total. They put all the weight on the shoulders of just sort of as if these moments just in themselves are what it's all about right. and hold their own. But it sort of in mass, that actually detracts from themselves well and yeah because every single one of them just ends with a whip pan or you know or the appearance of a of a ghostly figure with loud stinging music yes it really it got i mean i could i could be okay with the first one yeah and then never see it again yeah but it's every fucking scene and it's just like i i mean this is also i think what i was saying at the top like I just, it lulled me into wanting to just sleep through the fucking movie. Right, me too. <laughs> I just was like, okay, okay. I know, it got so boring by uh, like a quarter through. <laughs> Which is interesting because it's not, because I want to say, oh yeah, all it was was just stuff happening. But it's that, there. I like other, but there are other movies where it feels like it's just stuff happening, but it works. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to make the distinction. So it's like, there's, like to take a good example, Poltergeist, you have a clear progression of events yes. as well as grounded by, uh, you know, good performances and Definitely. all that other stuff. Um, and then there's like to compare the, the previous film that is just in my mind because I loved it so much, Calvaire, mm-hmm. where I use that as an example of like by having less stuff happen, you give a lot more weight to win to the things that do happen, even if they don't sort of seem like big things. But just for example, like, you know, you say, oh, and then the kid hears this on the radio. Imagine if that was just one of the few things versus being so just captured in a slew of similar moments. Yeah. Here's what it makes me think of. Um, Do you remember there was a YouTube short? It's probably a three or four minute long short um i'm sure you remember this so it's it was called lights out and then they if you're gonna say that so they subsequently made a movie out of it and the movie is not good like it does not accomplish sort of and it's not executed in the the skillful way that the short is for i'm sure lots of reasons (laughs) um actually there's a good video essay on why it doesn't the feature doesn't work versus the short but whatever look it up so the short is this it's it's this contained thing where you're setting up an idea of eeriness and you have the person sort of get up and check like what's that and then you like you flip the light on and off and you see the thing and blah blah, blah and then you get in bed and then it, you end with the big bang stinger of like woo it's a scare and then it's out and we're done that construct only works in shorts yeah you cannot just have a movie that's one of those after another it it's not a movie it's it's a sequence of shorts yeah and trying to thread some thread that together into a broader story although you know is a nice attempt at something it doesn't fucking work you know even with the story threads that they put in there if you're 
if your whole way of executing moments is this contained thing, it just doesn't work. There's, it's like you said, there's no, there's no progression to it. It's just, it's like watching a bunch of commercials over and over again, mm-hmm. almost. And I just, I just, fuck, it bums me out because there's a lot kind of going for this movie. Yeah. And I can, I think if you eliminated the idea that that's what's scary or that's the way to execute scariness and actually just told the story almost forget about even having scares in this movie if you told the 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 baseline root of what this story is right and what do you need to tell the story baseline minimum yes like i would be able to get into that more yeah but this is just like hereditary did sure yes exactly i mean yes that's exactly it that's how you do this well (laughs) which is sad i mean i wish you know, I wish this this filmmaker, it was like, you know, I'm sure he made it, you know, uh, along with or before Hereditary. But it's like, I wish those movies were his inspiration versus feeling like maybe to appeal to Western audiences, he had to make them like the, a Blumhouse movie. So, th- I, yes, I think that is the that is the clear grand failing of this movie is that the idea of what is scary and how to execute that for an audience is based on a thing that you and I right. patently do not like. I'm hoping, you know what, we, if people listen to this, tell us if you're a fan of these, the kind of movies we're haranguing right now. But that's the like, thing is there's so know. many people who are like, oh, I love the Insidious films and I love the Conjuring films. Yeah. And if, if there's something we are just missing or you just, or if you just want us to read something on air that's just not our perspective mm-hmm. yeah or not if you just want to share it with us but we will read on air if you want us or we would like to yeah please uh we are happy to put that perspective to counter ours up there yeah it is almost like uh, it's almost unfortunate that we agree because <laughs> <laughs> we can't get quite a because it is feel like a very uh clear delineation of horror fans now nowadays yeah. is you like those kinds of movies or you don't yeah yeah it's interesting i I don't know and my question i kept coming back to that i've asked before is well is it merely is it time that hasn't gone by yet or why is it that i can enjoy the friday the 13th which are just as stupid but not you know insidious four the same way like Mm. why am i forgiving to those but not these and i think it could just be caught up that it's like those exist as just so just things that have been made that are product of their time versus now maybe, you know, we're trying to be in the same boat here as filmmakers kind of stirs up the anxiety of like, but just do it this way. And then but I, yeah, I, want it I this think way, there's definitely know? that's some of it, but I also, mm, that's an interesting question. Ooh, I think some of it, the, the difference between those movies and this movie or the conjuring movies is that there's a self, uh, what's the word? Sort of, what is it? It's kind of, they're, uh, it's, self, it's a self-awareness thing, I think. I think the Friday 13th and the, you know, the, uh, what what are the other ones? The Halloweens and the sort of of that era. I think they kind of know what they are and they're, and they're okay with it. They're, yeah. they're aware of this, this thing and they're not, it feels to me like the Conjuring and Insidious and this, 
are taking themselves too seriously in a way mm-hmm. um, where they're not – it doesn't feel fun, I guess. I think that's part of the issue. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make this movie that is just a bunch of scares, can we have fun with it? <laughs> yeah. You're because right. There's this, a this writing just, self-seriousness. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem where it's like you can watch Freddy and it's kind of, you know – we're we're cheering him on. It's ridiculous in the best of ways. Yeah, and that it is a good tonal balance. Yeah, we're not getting that with this. It's like there's moments where I'm like, this could be really dark and creepy, and it's it feels like they weren't willing to go really down that path. And then I'm like, okay, well, let, if you let's go in the other direction, like let's make it kind of campy and like lean in on the fact that like big creepy nailed hands are like coming through a door and pulling it open like let's do something with that but they just kind of middle on it and it's like okay i guess that was scary but not really yeah it had potential so i think that you know that's actually yeah that's what bums me out almost i'm like even even like evil dead or more more so evil dead 2 and army of darkness like the design is creepy and fucking you know there's some good gore in it and mm-hmm. whatever and but they they are very aware of what they are yeah like their camp we're gonna push on that and be funny and over the top and it and i think it to really good success in in that example like that's pushing it, making a choice and pushing it all the way to one end yeah. of the spectrum. Which are different, though, from the Friday the 13th. But I see totally. what you're... No, totally. Because like, I don't saying... think this film should have an obligation to be campy. No, no, no. Yeah. What I'm saying is you, you've you made a choice mm-hmm. and it's a clear choice. And you're saying, I'm going to be over here in this lane mm-hmm. as opposed to... This general middle of the road, yeah, well, this like I like, hope this appeals to some people. It's maybe hard because it does, because it feels like their approach is, okay, well, in order to make this scary, you just have to do these jump scare moments. Right. So it's like, all we have to do is just tell this story and then insert these jump scare moments. But then I guess the unfortunate thing is that that does work for plenty, enough people that it perpetuates. It does. Which is a whole nother conversation, I think, in a way, right? Maybe we should... <laughs> is there anything else that did not work for us? Okay, so the the big overarching thing, which I kind of was trying to avoid saying in in what did work, is this, this v- v- mumbo-jumbo, I think is what I got. This sort of double mumbo-jumbo, which is a... What is that? That's the save the cat yes, um, term. Yes. <laughs> so what it means is that it's to, it's it's this confusion. Even like we had a little bit with paranormal activity. It's like, what is this movie? Is it ghosts? Is it demons? Is it Satan? Is it Satan worshippers? Is it zombies? Like suddenly we have zombies. Right. But you at know, the same the time, that can be, you got to make the distinction because I could say that with a different inflection of like, oh yeah, it was so good. It was so creepy. Like the wailing. I didn't know if it was this going on or I didn't know if it was this going on. I know what you mean, but the wailing sits in, it sits in its own lane. No, I mean, I agree with you. I'm just trying to get you to make the distinction. I know. And so, so why is it? I think the pro- the qu- the question I have is why does it feel like arbitrary cho- you know it's like I think what it is is 
Somebody said, you know what else would be cool? A bunch of times. I think it's a matter of let's, it's less, the, it's about having its own inner logic that's solid, that we will sort of almost um, subconsciously pick up on or is imbued. You know, like the first paranormal activity, the ending of uh, the, the or, or how the, the picture with the flamed edges appears, mm-hmm. the burnt edges appears. And it just sort of throws up all these questions of just like logic is out the window in a scary way as far as the, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the paranormal supernatural rules we don't have an understanding of, of how it works, how it could have gotten there. But it clearly, because it's just saying, well, here it is, that is its own rule that doesn't sort of contradict any other, right. um, anything else we've picked up on. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a, that's, that is a, that lives in a, in a, in a nice place of sort of singularity. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think this has too many of those and that's where it just falls apart and becomes too murky. I could get behind it if it was like the one, it's like the conceit. What's the conceit? The one conceit is that Satan that that this is not the mom haunting them. It's Satan or demons uh, appearing as the mom. Mm-hmm. And that conceit I can get behind him kind of – it creates these questions. And even right. if the Satan worshippers show up, that's still a thread to this this question. Right. That's, and I don't need it answered. And I'm okay like, with that. But then when you go, but also yeah. the Satan worshipers have these beads. And also <laughs> these beads make the, the dead come alive. And those aren't actually zombies. They're demonically possessed zombies because of Satan worship. It's like I'm already I'm right. like down off the you know, into Which is a, like a, a, her, a hereditary like, was as sim- hereditary was as simple as just okay, these the sort of cultists, Satan worshippers are using this demon for their own whatever. It was basically, how did, I heard the director put it as, it was just a um, a whatever, it was just a whatever sacrifice movie from the perspective of the lamb. Yes, and it's that's great. And it's just those simple enough outlining, simple like what they are doing is simple. Yeah, in such a way that you never have to be explicit about it. Right, and I am not saying that you have to explain everything. Yeah, in fact, I'm saying do less yeah. in a way because you do you get caught up. I think that's what the guy the, the was it Pressfield who wrote Save the Cat. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> He, that's what he's getting at in saying, like, don't stack broad things on top of each other too much because then we, we don't – we kind of lose track of what we're supposed Did to hang press on to. Field? Pressfield. Isn't it Stephen <laughs> Pressfield? It's Sid Field. Oh, no, no, no. Sid Field is a totally different guy. Oh. That's the guy who did screenplay. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so his his example in the in one of the books. It's not Pressfield. That's all I was smiling. And now that you've said it, I can't actually remember it. I know I can't either. But his <laughs> example in in the book is uh, the movie Signs. Do you remember Signs? Of course, that was huge. Right. His his point is like in Signs, you've got kind of two big things going on that almost get in each other's way. I could actually personally argue the other side of this, but just for 
for the sake of and this. It was Blake Snyder, Tim. Thank you. Uh, Pressfield, I think, wrote the the War of Art, which is an, a cool book. Anyway, so uh, Snyder, yeah, Blake Snyder. So he's arguing that in signs, it's aliens, but it's also God, right? And and those two big themes mm-hmm. kind of getting each other's way. Um, and so, like, to be careful of. And fate of like her having to drink all the water. Exactly, exactly. And like, how does that have to do with aliens? And like, if aliens exist, that creates a whole nother conversation right. about whether or not God exists. And so he's like, you're you're kind of fucking yourself. But I feel like this is doing kind of the same thing where it's like, I don't know what to hang on to because they're giving us too many things. Mm-hmm. For example, there's a mom ghost, but it's not really the mom. But there is a grandma ghost and it really is the grandma. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm already kind of like, well, wh- where are we? Because what world are we living and like in? What what we are said the earlier, wait, are the Satan slaves, the people, humans working for Satan or are they the, <laughs> are they the zombies? That came undead? Up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of messiness. Right. Really fucking. I think ultimately it, it adds to this feeling that we left the movie with where we both were like, God, we're really tired. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like it's almost work to fucking try and stay with it, to mm-hmm. stay, you know, connected to what the fuck's going on. It's like, wait, why is the kid bad if he used, if, if he was just if the little kid was just yelling, we have to love each other. That's right. Why is he? W- w- when did the shift happen where he was evil? Wait, what is he choosing to be evil or is he possessed now? Yeah. Yeah. That that's too much. Mm-hmm. So I think that's ultimately for me, that's the big failing. On a very it's, well, it's sort of maybe it's the distinction. Maybe this doesn't make any sense, but raising questions, the distinction between raising questions that feel like they should have some sort of um, possible possibilities to them versus raising unanswerable questions, right? Which in 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 a good way, you know, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, it's almost like the difference between uh, answerable and existential questions. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I have in what did not work for me that exact thing I just said. Wait, when did that transition happen? Oh, nice. <laughs> or, or Ian, um, another a specific moment that bugged me, like where even though it was kind of cool to see uh, Ian getting like poltergeisted, blown mm-hmm. back, and sucked to the evil presence. Bondi, it took you way too long, buddy, to save him. It was like it. <laughs> it felt like it actually was on sort of um, borderline. What would be in like a scary movie or. Uh, or a naked gun type movie where how long he was hanging on to, you could see like he kept letting go yeah. a couple times and it wasn't and, being flown back <laughs> yeah. or it just seemed like that effect was just squeezed uh, well, well past its. Yeah. Presence. I, I and then felt like, the same way. Okay. Three minutes later, now I work up the courage <laughs> to go save you. I mean, here's a tip. If in the shot where Ian is hanging on for dear life and being sucked away, if he lets go by accident, take that opportunity to cut away to Bondi and have and see that Bondi is struggling with his internal, you know, whatever crisis to to what save or not save. Yeah. Like maybe not leave the shot in where Ian just completely lets but go that's and what is floating. Interesting is like why were they so desperate to make it as long as it was? Know. I don't know. It it wasn't working. No. Was it just because it looked cool? 
Ah, uh, well, it it looks a lot less cool when you right. let's go. That's my point. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Uh, are you good on the section? What did not work? I have one last one that, like, again, circles us back to the insidious stuff. You had said you liked the makeup thing. The, the second I saw the the that like ghost makeup, mm-hmm. it, I'm like, it's makeup. I think it was, and that yeah, that's the one of the critical things design wise that I hated about the first whatever Insidious. Mm-hmm. I forget which ones I watched. The first one for sure, where like in the whatever it's called, I don't know the other place, the, the other realm, the yeah, other dimension. I'm sure something. it has a name. <laughs> the ghost dimension, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, everybody's just got strict like stage makeup on and i just as a design choice i don't like it and then when it popped up in this i was like no no i'm out (laughs) let me take a 30 second nap (laughs) yep so that's it for me got it all right things of note things of note (laughs) this should be interesting It's a pretty unique case that it was a prequel and a remake. That, I think, is the most interesting thing about this. And I now I want to see the fucking original. Yeah, Satan, sl- Satan's Slave. Singular. Yes. Yep. Versus this was Satan's Slaves. So and that, it was that a it movie was, from yeah. 1980-something itself? Uh, in ni- Yeah, 1980, that one came out. So that's interesting. So why did they... If that, if this one Wait. we just watched, ugh, too many questions. Did you see why I thought this was Fuck. made in the 70s yes. or it took place in the 70s? So if the one that we just watched was set in 81, but is a prequel to the one that was filmed, that came out in 80, does that mean that the one, the original was set after 81? What is happening? Presumably. Ugh. But... <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, actually, it just came to mind the other time this has happened that I can think of is the uh, the thing that came out with Mary Elizabeth yeah. instead was a prequel and a remake. Ugh. Ugh. Um, but I know it just made me think, oh, I just we'd watch that instead. The original Satan's Slave. Any. Yes, definitely. And any time you have to ask that question or you're confused, that's a fucking problem. Like what make question? a decision. Did it come before or after? Like, you could just decide. (laughs) It's like, it's carelessness. What um, was interesting, this is at the end of the description of it. It was like, for those, if you are a fan of the original, remember the ending that was like, there's another couple that they're now living next to. Oh, right, right, right. So the Wikipedia, the neighbor, you know, after giving them the food, returns to her apartment and talks to Batara, and it's revealed that she is Darmina, who was the antagonist of the original film. Okay, so that's so, why we kind of left it going like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we were like, whatever. <laughs> um, but if you're a fan of the original. Actually, I did kind of like that ending of just, I don't know, they're just still like, screwed no matter where they go. Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, it's a f- if you did see the original, it's fun that they made a direct link versus then just sort of saying like, oh yeah, you know, like, if you're going to make it a prequel, put in some sort of direct connection. That's for us horror fans. That's what's fun. Yeah. Oh, it's Darmina. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Darmina's back. <laughs> exactly. Didn't see that coming. No, we certainly didn't. <laughs> um, I don't have really anything. 
I don't know. I mean, there that's the big thing. Anything else on that topic when you were like, I think that's a bigger question. What were we talking about? Of the distinction between between what? Like the Friday the 13th and this. I think I it oh, felt Oh fuck, what was I saying? Uh shit. That is a bigger conversation about so, Oh my god, I don't know. Well, that's fine cuz we talked about it in depth. Yeah. Enough. Maybe I'll But think if it's of it. something, I mean it's a question I like bringing up. So if there is a way to dive even further off the diving board with that, um well, let's come back to it. Oh, wasn't it about like why why do people like the insidious is in the I mean, yeah, that was what we were Yeah. But we I don't know. You were going to make some other point about it, but yeah, I'm going to move it's gone. on to, well, yeah. Is that it for Satan slaves then? Should we put a bow on it and move to, um, I, th- oh, 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 uh, I, I have one thing. I have one thing. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is not really related to Satan slaves. So, but it is, I guess, sort of a thing of note. I, it's a question cause we've been talking about, we still are, you know, you're still possessed by paranormal activity. <laughs> yep. And so it keeps coming up. So I have a question. I'm going to posit a question. Okay. Paranormal activity and this movie are about Satan. And I think both the that franchise and this movie pay some homage to Poltergeist mm-hmm. specifically. In Poltergeist, Poltergeist was directed by who? Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Do you think that the Toby in Paranormal Activity is a is a nod to Toby Hooper? It's a possibility, but I want to say just because you know, in the end, I'm not. I. <laughs> It's hard because these are the kinds of films where when I read that they're actually fans of these directors and movies, it surprises me. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so, you know, (laughs) like if Satan's Slaves filmmaker was like, oh, you know, Rosemary's Baby was my main influence versus if the hereditary director says that, you know. Right. You'd be like, well, you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I, I want to say maybe. I'm sorry. I know it's a. It just occurs to me, like, why that's such a random name. But I guess any name is random, so whatever. Yeah. But uh, let's ask him. Let's tweet at uh, Orin Pelly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You mean right now? No, I mean everybody out there listening. Oh. Just just harass him. <laughs> No, I'm stop joking. being mean to the guy. No, I, no, thought, I like him. I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying I want an answer. I mm-hmm. want an answer. <laughs> Definitive answer is Toby, Toby Hooper. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a way to do that. But I mean, only if he doesn't respond to us being asked once. There's no True. reason to. Yeah, once we just have an answer, we stop. Gotta know. Guys, stop bothering him. <laughs> What's your problem? Okay, recommendations? <laughs> yes. What can you recommend at us? Um, so since I, not since I, so yesterday on Netflix, uh, I realized that the third season of Ash vs. the Evil Dead is on. Yep. And so I started it. And uh, if you have not, first of all, if you like Army of Darkness and Evil Dead's 
and you haven't seen Ash vs. the Evil Dead, you are fucking missing out. The first season of Ash vs. the Evil Dead is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The second season of Ash vs. the Evil Dead has one of the singular grossest and greatest moments in all of film. (laughs) And is necessary viewing. Um, Third season remains to be seen by me. But I saw one episode, so I'm excited to watch the rest. I've seen it all. And oh, you did see it all? Oh, yeah, man, oh, Tim. Okay, so the third season is there worth There was it? an Evil Dead TV show. Uh, yeah, but how did you get, how did you watch it? You me had... and my friend got the, the stars. Um, oh, it was like, on stars, that's yeah, right. Just yeah, just to watch it. That was it. Yeah, I had it and then somehow didn't have it anymore and couldn't watch it. So I've been waiting. Man, I forgot to come prepared with a recommend dead chin, Tim. So I'm just like looking at what I've seen <laughs> at all. And it's like, you know, looking at my letterbox. I, I'm like, personally, these I, aren't good movies. I could never relate to what you're going through right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's one. Here's one that I was, uh, you know, I keep coming back to as. Ooh, here's two, actually. Okay, I'll go with the one I was going to say. Uh, I loved, which you know, the the Martin Scorsese movie, Silence, I did not like. I was bored. Um, but I, I, I've heard the same thing from other people. As far as other recent Scorsese movies, I think another one that's everything you want from a Scorsese movie, another right up there, one with the best of his, is The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. It's a great movie. I hate, like, rich guy mob movies. But it's about how stupid they are. I know, but I just, I'm like, you're stupid. I don't want to watch you be stupid. Got it. Unfortunately for me. It more than the others pushed it into like, we're raging bull. It's like, oh God, he's just beating his wife and it's just horrible. Mm, Yeah. Um, But the movie's still great. Uh, I I have seen, I have seen the scene. I don't know if it's like the scene, but the, my friend Shane showed me the, uh, the quaaludes yes the quaaludes yeah so that scene is is like like, that's like it yeah Yeah. that's like it pushes this movie is enough of rather (laughs) funny it did feel like maybe it was yeah that is a distinction between it and his other films is rather than sort of it's more obvious in the laughing at these people okay it's way more overt i'm pretty yeah i think what it is i'm touchy about glorifying pieces of shit yeah well it was hard because back when those films were made it's like people weren't as hip to these people being horrible people mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. being so narcissistic because they just want money right. and power and fame. Now that we're so hip to it, I think it was an example. Well, it's as a historical example because it's recent history right. to see this is where it's still happening. But anything yeah. that sort of documents that I think is important yeah. in a way. And luckily Scorsese is someone who just, you know, is amused by it all enough. He really <laughs> shares that sure. amusement with us in a fun way. Yeah. So it's all a right. solid three hours. I recommend Holy it. Holy shit, it's three hours long. Dude, it's a Scorsese movie. Fuck that. I just watched Avengers Endgame. It's three hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's as long as Avengers Endgame. <laughs> so have you watched the last one I recommended, Tim, that I told you you have to see? The, um, the, the, the I Saw the Devil? Uh, no, I, I I want to. I almost did the other day. I'm just going to keep um, asking and you. And I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I forget why. I didn't have time. Great. I was like, I can't sit down. When do you this. have the time, watch it. Yeah. All right. Let's pull. I think it's my turn for next week's film. Hang on. Is it really? Yeah, because you were excited last time, I remember. Oh, yeah. And you, you pulled wrong turn. Yeah. Okay. Get a good one. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> Inside, 2007. Inside. We both are like, wait, what's that? I Which feel that like I remember reading name? about this and being very excited. Let me see. It's it. a it's... French movie. Yes. Great. Home Invasion French movie. I yes, 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 else. yes. How do we f- f- watch it? Well, well, we have time, Tim. We don't need to use these oh. people's time to figure out how we're going to watch oh, it. Oh, God. That's for all. But you all need to watch it. We need to tell you how. Oh, they'll figure it out, okay. too. Okay. So here's my suggestion. Take out um, the interwebs and type in inside. It says right here. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon (laughs) Prime. It's on YouTube. It's on everything. Cool. Or your local video retailer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Support small businesses. Yeah, man. Cool, dude. Yeah. We'll see you guys back next week for Inside. You can find us at Dismembering Horror. Dot com. Yeah, you can email us, too, if you felt like it, and tell us a story uh, at dismemberinghorror at gmail. Or why, uh, you, dot com. why you love uh, The Conjuring and Insidious movies. Or if you want to suggest a movie to us. That's the best. That would be cool. You want Whatever we're bringing to these movies, you want to hear us gab on about some other movie, tell us, and we'll put it in this literal baseball cap that we pull from. I feel like I could get really concise with how we do this. Ready? You can find us at dismemberinghorror at gmail fuck our website <laughs> and instagram <laughs> shit there's a way to do that but dismember because all three of those ha- say are just dismembering horror yep. um at gmail and dot com dot com and instagram and then on twitter we're at dishorrorpop yeah and you can find my portfolio website or more about me, which is linked from our website, but I'm at ryanmcduffie.com. Yeah, and I, I'm on everything at Tim Aslan, just my name. Cool. Well, thanks for being with us. We hope you can join us yeah, for the French film from 2007. I can't Inside. wait to talk to all of you again next week. Me too. And I can't wait to talk to you, Tim. Oh, Ryan. Next week. I can't wait for us to touch fingers at the beginning <laughs> of every show. Ugh, that sounds gross. <laughs> Until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>